All right, so thanks again for being here with us this morning. You know, as we turn our attention to the message today, uh, I just want to briefly mention Jesus has changed my life. And, and I am feeling so thankful for what Jesus has done. Jesus who chose to uh, come to earth in humility, uh, the Son of God, and Jesus who made a way for me to be forgiven of my sins. So I don't have to walk around thinking about the mistakes of my past. I don't have to walk around in guilt, but it's possible for me to have a relationship with God because of Jesus. I'm so thankful for what Jesus has done. And what helps me immensely is to have a quiet moment of the day to just sit, think, reflect on the truth that I'm forgiven, I'm made clean, and that heaven is my future home. Just a quiet moment to reflect on that is so helpful. And honestly, anything about me that is joyful, that is uh, out of an attitude of gratitude, is because of that. It starts there. It's changed my life. And everything about today's message only is helpful to you if it's coming out of that context. If you have had this kind of life change because of Jesus, that's the only way it's going to be helpful. And everything that we're going to talk about today is that all the scriptures are set in the context of this. I've been changed with the power of God by Jesus. I've had this transformation in my life, and I'm thankful for the transformation Everything we're going to talk about this morning springs from that. So I want to title today's message, Love Gives Service. One of our, our maybe our only hashtag is Love Gives. And it, it's because it helps us understand the word love in the Bible, what God is saying when he says the word love. And that agape word love is a love that gives. In contrast to lust that gets or takes, love gives. And what we see is that love gives service. Jesus said this in Luke 22, 20 through 27. I am among you as one who serves. It's how Jesus characterized himself. And this is relevant to me when I think about, I know that in quarantine, uh, we're kind of all on top of each other, uh, packed in like sardines, it feels like at times. But what helps me not get too grouchy is to think about how much I love and appreciate my family. My beautiful wife, Rebecca, my wonderful children, Charlotte and Gideon, I love them so much. Each of them, as they came into my life, changed it for the good in unbelievable ways that would not have happened if I was living me first and stayed by myself. And so thinking about how much I love them, how much they've made my life better, how much they make my life exciting, how much sharing life with them makes my life meaningful and fulfilling, that is a helpful motivation when it comes time to do the dishes, do the laundry, take out the garbage, I just realized I forgot to put out the recycling on time, for real. Like, when I think about those things, uh, it helps me to have the right motivation if I think about how thankful I am for that person. So, again, we're looking at the question, what is God like? 
What is Jesus like? And this is how Jesus characterizes himself. I am among you as one who serves, which means to give help by performing certain duties, often of a humble or menial nature. It's choosing these acts of service that show love and respect. Jesus makes that word. It's also the word server there is a dedicated, focused, faithful helper, attendant, apprentice, collaborator, or companion. It's like taking up a towel over your arm and coming to the relationship in this way. Now, Jesus in this teaching, and we're going to look at a few of the ways he taught about it, is addressing the heart issue of his followers. He's also teaching about the nature of God, who sent him to represent Father God in this way as a servant. It's also teaching us about the kingdom of God, and what we know from scripture is that Jesus is also doing this, leading us for our benefit. Okay, so this is even a helpful message to us in Jesus teaching about what it means to be a helpful servant. We see reference to the story where Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. He did a specific act of service to clean their feet uh, from the time on the dusty uh, roads. John 13, 14, and 15. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Jesus says, John 12, 26, anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am and the father will honor anyone who serves me. So think about this. The creator of the universe will bless you if you're following Jesus, if you're serving Jesus. Now, it's not too uncommon in American culture for us to want uh, to, to think we kind of have it figured out and that people should follow us. But l- check out what Jesus says. And they all seem to get the message because we see it in Matthew 20, Mark 10, and Luke 22. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. For even I came not to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even I came not to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus liked to refer to himself as a son of man, meaning I'm the son of God, but also I'm a human. And we also see in Luke, the leader should be like a servant. Now the Jesus followers, when uh, the, the church was birthed and all these people, uh, there was this historical movement of thousands of people that believed that Jesus was the Son of God, the Messiah, because of the historically recorded, well-documented, his death, burial, and resurrection, and his own teachings, as he predicted that that was going to happen, what it meant. And as they started to live and follow his teaching, this is what they said amongst each other. Ephesians chapter 5, 1 and 2. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. So we should be servants like Jesus is a servant in everything we do. Because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. 
we're, what we're talking about today is a value, a high value for our church. I believe it's something that we all should share as a part of the essential spiritual DNA of our church. And I believe so because we see in scripture it was of high importance, a characteristic. It was something that people would have used to describe many Jesuses or Christians, uh, the word was coined. They would have described people like that as being different. They didn't come in to dominate, to take control, to be me first. They came in to serve because that was how Jesus came in. And Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 11 is probably one of our best texts to help us understand this. And it speaks to Jesus' uh, heart motive, to his intention, to his decision, to his life example, to the meaning of it. And I think it's relevant to us today. Uh, here's what it says. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? In other words, is it helpful? Is it encouraging? Is it life-giving to be a Christian? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. <laughs> That's what Jesus is like. That is the spiritual significance of the fact that Jesus came as a servant. This was transformational, upside down, inside out, totally foreign in the cultures uh, of that day. This was remarkable and it is still remarkable. Um, it is uh, impactful and it's something that should be relevant to us and how we live today, how we think today, what our value system is like. And it runs contrary to base human nature when, you know, toddlers at two and three years old are going to be thinking, you know, hey, I, you know, give me that toy. Give me that, you know, I want to have the first muffin. You know, the um, it, it's opposite of our base human nature. Uh, to serve others as our, our first inclination. But that is what Jesus did. Um, and it, it speaks to privilege and it speaks to what our posture should be and how we should live. Okay, wow, this is sounding a little bit intense. Well, let me just give you kind of uh, an illustration. For those of you uh, we that have been familiar with the Mandalorian in the Star Wars universe, the Mandalorian was a bounty hunter right from actually the place called Mandalore. And this bounty hunter uh, has this twisted, uh, uh, turning uh, backstory. But what happens with the Mandalorian, who is a bounty hunter, is a life-changing encounter with Baby Yoda. 
And maybe you've heard about Baby Yoda, which actually, uh, through the story, uh, as it turns out, was not really a baby and probably not Yoda. But everyone kind of clung to the how cute Baby Yoda looked. But what happened was the Mandalorian makes decisions, spoiler alert, over and over in the series to... makes decisions to serve the best interest of Baby Yoda by protecting Baby Yoda from other bounty hunters and from uh, people from the Empire who who uh, want to harm Baby Yoda. And, and there is this protection that happens, uh, this selfless service that happens as the Mandalorian. And so we we start to, uh, we warm to the Mandalorian character to, to respect the Mandalorian character because there's this selfless service in trying to protect uh, Baby Yoda. And I think actually if you look at um, Pastor Eugene Peterson's uh, paraphrase of Romans chapter 12, which we looked at uh, recently, uh, verses 9 through 16, in the message paraphrase, what you see uh, is words that I think are really helpful to uh, to us in applying this. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. This is a really important distinction because we could drift into a weird Christian codependency where we exhaust ourselves completely in the service of others, uh, in financial um, generosity or energy generosity, and then we have no money left, no energy left to be able to um, sustain ourselves and be able to be helpful to the person the next day. That's not wisdom in, in, in uh, being in service, okay? So don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled in a flame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. I just love that. And I love the example of Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa in her ministry to the poor and the needy was renowned for when a journalist would want to come and do an interview with her, um, making it a requirement that that journalist spend time serving the poor there before the interview to help inform it. But I love this quote from her. It's a little bit longer, but it's really helpful. Peace begins with a smile. There are no great things, only small things with great love. Meaning there's no uh, 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 small things that we do really matter. Happy are those. Spread love wherever, everywhere you go. Let no one ever come to you without leaving happier. That's what it looks like to serve. If you judge people, you have no time to love them. If we have no peace, it is because we have forgotten that we belong to each other. Remember, we're one human race. If you can't feed a hundred people, then feed just one. Kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. We should be speaking life to each other and to others. Be faithful in small things because it is in them that your strength lies. Let us always meet each other with smile, 
For the smile is the beginning of love. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow has not yet come. We have only today. Let us begin. Wow, I think that in the face of coronavirus and uh, um, issues of concern about our, our the peace in our communities and that each person be treated with equal loving respect, this is so relevant to us. And it will help us not be overwhelmed by challenges that are beyond our control. It will also help us not be overwhelmed by thinking too big, but to be specific with our actions. I also really like uh, this quote from Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Everybody can be great because anyone can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. Wow, that's so meaningful. And I read a little bit deeper, uh, Reinhold Niebuhr, the author of the Serenity Prayer, Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. was really affected by him and actually quoted him in his letter from a Birmingham jail. It was so helpful, so remarkable. Um, and that in talking about deep and complex issues of um, our civilization and how we can serve them. So let's go just a little bit further. Pastor Eugene Peterson's paraphrase the message, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5 through 7. Servants respectfully obey your earthly masters, but always with an eye to obeying the real master, Christ. Now this is so relevant to us. In everything that we do to serve someone else, we're serving that person, but it can be get difficult. It can get frustrating. It can be discouraging. And one of the main ways to help us avoid burnout and discouragement and quitting and giving up is that we are constantly thinking about Jesus when we do it. it says this, don't just do what you have to do to get by, but work heartily as Christ's servants doing what God wants you to do and work with a smile on your face, always keeping in mind that no matter what happens to be giving, uh, no matter who happens to be giving the orders, you're really serving God. This is critical perspective uh, on the job um, or when we even get into a volunteering situation or in the education sector. If I'm serving and I'm, I'm, I'm collaborating with the agenda of somebody else, I, I need to be thinking about the fact of how can I be serving Jesus in the middle of this situation? And if that's a part of my perspective, it's really going to help me be um, a better team member. It's really going to help me um, stand out from other people, which is, is going to greatly improve your likelihood of getting promoted on the job um, or even getting a chance to lead a team, even in a volunteer setting. Um, it's just naturally going to happen because a lot of people do not have that measure of humility. So the, because the opposite of this attitude is me first. I'm the best. I have the best ideas. I'm better than you. I'm more important than you. And that's not what Jesus looks like. And so that's not what we should look like. So God created me and other people with his loving design, with great value and purpose to be loved and respected. That's got to be in our perspective as we are 
thinking deeply about this value system and walking it out. And so I should take time to think about anybody in my home and the fact that God loves them, they're shaped by God, and that has to inform my attitude. So in all these verses and things that we have uh, heard today, what are we learning about God? Well, one, Father God sent Jesus as an example to us, a servant. That's an important distinction. It's an important, unique characteristic. It is something that is unique about Christianity compared to other religions, other faiths, other spiritual approaches to life. Uh, Number two, Jesus invited us to a personal relationship serving him. Have you thought recently about what it means for you to serve Jesus? What is it that Jesus has asked us to do? If I'm doing that, is serving him what it's really about. Number three, Jesus taught us to serve each other. If I am looking for an opportunity to serve other people, making a decision to serve other people, it is also a way that I am serving Jesus. So how do we respond out of this? Well, out of a love response to Jesus, number one, serve Jesus. Number two, serve others. And for us, the City Harbor Church, a safe place to find and follow Jesus, we like to say, hey, Let's live like Jesus and share his love. So if we're going to be truly a safe place to find and follow Jesus, then this is how we do it. And it's for each of us in our individual lives. It's for each of us in our homes and whatever our circle of influence is. It's also for us as a church family. Uh, and and it, I want you to understand that this is a 